All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Tom, with me in as well. Hey, everybody. And John. It's me. All right, so uh, we've been doing our '80s action series, and we, you know, we've done uh, quite a few of the uh, Godfathers of '80s action. You know, we've done Clint Eastwood, we've done Sylvester Stallone, and before we did this, we are we already covered probably the best of the uh, one of the best action films of the '80s, Predators. But we decided now it's time to cover uh, another Arnold Schwarzenegger masterpiece. If <sighs> although that's in quote quotations, but this is still an epic one for him. 1985's Commando, John Matrix versus a nice collection of uh, Street Fighter uh, care like uh, prototypes. Literally <laughs> everyone he kills yeah. everyone. So only bodies. This only bodies. This movie. Uh, let's go over the plot real quick because it's not going to take long, guys. Um, the plot is John Matrix is a retired commando like special ops forces guy and one man army basically he's one man army and his unit his former unit is slowly being killed off by by thugs and the the military shows up and say hey man your unit's being killed something's happening they're gonna find you but here's some guards and the guards prove to be completely ineffectual when the bad guys show up and kidnap his daughter and the reason they kidnap his daughter is to force him to go commit an assassination of a president that he helped install in a previous South American they, revolution. They seem completely just sort of gloss over the fact that they had overthrown some government in South America. Yeah, but they were clearly a bad government because, I yeah. mean, look at them. They're well, resorting not, to kidnapping. They never say it's Val Verde, wherever Val Verde yeah, it's, is. Yeah, it's Val Verde. It's sort of like, uh, you know. 11-hour flight away. <laughs> it's right up there with our Stotskia. Um <clears throat> Yeah, Sokovia has <clears throat> a much better treaty than we do, than uh, Valverde. Correct. So anyway, so uh, they do that, and to ensure his compliance, they, they have this elaborate system of communication, which could only exist in the 80s. Um, but they get him on a plane, but he kills his guard, and now he's on the clock. And, and, and now he's on the clock to save his daughter. A bunch of 1980s action movie shenanigans occur. Which which all culminate in John Matrix storming the compound, lots of explosions, people die, and then they uh, he saves his daughter after a rather homoerotic knife fight, and uh, <laughs> and then the day is saved and they fly off in a seaplane. That's the plot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's also like kidnapping it's, randomly in Stockholm generous. syndrome. There's yeah. also kidnapping and Stockholm syndrome, but and a fine. lot of quips. I mean, like if you so many quips. If you had a problem with, uh, say, some of the quips that, um, say, James Bond will make, this is like nine times the uh, quippiness. Like yeah, the quip quotient is like a hundred times more is than where Schwarzenegger is doing that because of some historical value in the world. If we say there, he first started saying dumb things after people. I don't think this is the first one instance. It is certainly the most iconic and the most egregious of those examples. Like, well, let, let's factor in. In Conan, he barely speaks. In The Terminator, he barely speaks. This one, he talks all the time. Yeah, so but he says a couple. Like he says a couple of lines in The Terminator yeah, that are that are kind of quippy, but not like not like this. Like <laughs> this is. This is this is gratuitous and egregious on a level that really hasn't been equaled since. I mean, 
Millie, these are great lines too. I will not. Okay, you know, great is a word. Okay, but that's just it. These are like perfectly awful great lines. I mean, just to like, Sully, remember I told you I'd kill you last? I, I lied. lied. <laughs> he, he kills someone with a steam pipe <laughs> and then tells him he needs to let out some steam. Yeah, I'm like, pipe. who are you making jokes for? Your daughter? And by the way, you know, we'll we'll get to, we'll get to Benedict in a few minutes, but I mean, that yeah. fight alone is like what? So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so committing so, mass murder in front of your daughter is the best single parent dad thing. To, to ever. be fair, in front of his daughter, he literally only kills one person. <laughs> like he kills one person in front of his daughter. The worst one too. He kills the he kills yeah, the worst yeah. one with a steam pipe. I, look, dude had a gun. I mean, don't bring us, don't bring a gun to a steam pipe fight. <laughs> um, and so, the, can the, we talk the, about this weird trope of um, '80s action heroes being single dads? <laughs> yes. Well, do they even say what happened to mom in this? No, they never. They never discuss what happened to mom. You don't find out what happened to mom. Uh, I mean, for all we know, I mean, it's Alyssa Milano. She's clearly adopted. <laughs> like. She's she's cute as a button. Um, yeah, she's what, she does a great job, well, honestly. <laughs> yeah, Alyssa Milano. Well, well when she made it. Yeah. So, yeah. one of the things that I really liked about this movie is how competent people are. <laughs> yes. Like, there are very few, like, of characters who say stuff that's not just, you know, yelling in, in Spanish and dying. Um Everyone in this movie is relatively competent. Like, the daughter knows how to, un, you know, take a doorknob off. Uh, Radong Chong's character, who's Jenny. No, no, Jenny's the daughter. I can't remember the name of Radong Chong. The, the, the stewardess. Um, Just, we call her Radong Chong. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, Ray's, Ray is great. So, uh, yeah, let's, first of all, Radong Chong is great in this. She's competent. She makes, she quips just as much as Arnold does. She doesn't kill nearly as many people, but she totally killed people with a rocket launcher. <laughs> I wish to point out, she's the, seems to be the most, like, self-aware, like, what the hell? Every time something. What is with this macho bullshit? I think is the line. <laughs> My car. She's like, stop. I want to know. I, I may have missed it because this movie was so bad. It was hard to pay attention. But was she not simply kidnapped and had her car yeah. jacked? Oh, oh yeah. She was along? totally carjacked. And like, yeah. Again, there, this is also an 80s movies trope. Because they could have. She could have like at the hotel said, okay, God, you, you've destroyed my car. I'm out of here. But she decides to carry it to follow him around and commit felonies and fire rocket launchers backwards at people. Well, to be fair, shooting rocket launchers is like the 80s cool thing to do. I, I uh, mean, Ted kind of really wants Sully dead. He was kind of you know harassing her in the airport, that, which is basically the whole reason she's in this movie. He kind of he tried to pick her up, and I guess John thought that she might have information. That was literally the reason he picked her instead of anyone else. Is I thought he, he thought, needed her car. I mean, he needed, but that's he could take it any car. Well, he just, remember he, he he actually explains what's going on. He's like, look. I can't be seen by these guys or my daughter's dead. I need you to go in, lure that guy over here, and after that, I'll let you go. Right? Yeah. Like, he explains you. exactly what he wants. And, 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 in fact, later on, she says, what is going on? Are you going to explain it to me? And he says, no, which is funny because he literally had already explained the entire thing to her. My daughter's been kidnapped. I'm on a time limit. I need you to distract this guy so I can kill him and get all his stuff. And that, by, that, by distracting, we mean like a pro that you're a 
Yeah, but clearly he was going to, like, lead it. Well, they keep they – keep, so that's another thing that really bothered me is everyone refers to her as a prostitute. She is clearly in a, in a stewardess outfit. Like, Well, I mean, it's the fa- – I mean, it's – oh, the fa- – oh, your stewardess is your uh, fantasy bit. I, I mean – Sure, <laughs> but, like, everyone keeps referring – like, everyone, the cops, the bad guys, everybody but John Matrix refers to her as a prostitute. And I'm like, that's not – fair to Ray Dong Chong at all. <laughs> like, it's just What's... not fair to her. She deserves better than that. I love, I mean, I, I, this is also the weird 80s action trope of random bystander gets kidnapped by Hero because Hero needs car or help or something, and random person will at first act like a normal human being and try to get help, but then somehow immediately sympathizes with the hero. At least she explained it in this one. Like she says, well, I saw that guy shoot at you and I must, I realized you must not have been talking out your ass and I can almost buy it. <laughs> you know? Well, uh, okay. When they're, when him and Bill Duke are fighting and you know, they're, they're both randomly shooting around her. That's the time to run. I mean, that's like the one time I'm like, okay. Okay. When he impales the guy run, you do not need to stick around any longer. You you're officially at, free from this movie except she's not i mean well then he couldn't have flown to san <laughs> totally not an island that exists yeah the evil dictator island that I mean, so, that's what it is it's evil, evil dictator, dictator island you're right you're right this is this is clearly just um oh where was... now the direct the writer uh yeah steven d'souza he also directed uh um street fighter and he tried to set make it Val Verde in the Street Fighter uh, script too, but the 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 producers were like, no, 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 can't be Val Verde. It has to be you know something we own. So, uh, so that- that, well, that's the thing. It has to be Shadowloo, right? Yeah, because Street Fighter, like Shadowloo, is a big plot point in the Street Fighter canon, I guess. But he um, wanted to be, he wanted to be Val Verde because he's like, it's my I I get that part, and then he also thinks island. that. He thinks Predator is set in Valverde, even though they they try to say it's Guatemala without saying Guatemala. I mean, like, sure, but it might as well be Valverde. I mean, it's fine. It's the Valverde trilogy. Yeah, John Matrix and Dutch are almost the same person. Like they are the look, same person. They even wear the same makeup. Um, yeah, I mean, if you had, if they literally just called him John Matrix and Predator, yeah. it would certainly you could easily call it Commando Two Predator. I mean, that's the you, you that's, could have you. Well, it has a lot of the same people in it, like <laughs> like. <laughs> Some of them are playing bad guys. Some of them are playing good guys. It sort of doesn't matter. Um, it's and and this movie has Bill Paxton in it, so it's, a, yes. it's clear. It's clearly set in the same universe as Aliens and and, and Terminator because and and Terminator because again Bill Paxton. <laughs> Bill Paxton. That's his say. I mean, he basically after uh, Terminator, he uh, got a haircut and wound up in this one. <laughs> I mean, this movie. So and. I will say that the action sequences start off okay and get progressively worse as the movie goes on. They get more and more over the top and ridiculous. This is sort of like how the Fast and the Furious movies start off as like thieves stealing cars and end up with like superheroes that use cars. This Black. is kind of that. Like the first couple of fights are are relatively low key compared to a lot of others. I mean, yeah, he he has he has improbable bullet dodging skills, but other than that. You know, he's shooting people. He's not throwing grenades. He's just kind of – people get shot and stuff. And He occasionally bleeds. I will give the credit. Arnold takes a few punches throughout this film. He does actually like – He takes a few hits, but like he takes the action movie like, oh, it's a flesh wound. Uh, my arm is wounded. Come get me. And then he's using it. For my bad arm. 
Yeah, <laughs> like, only one arm at the end. Yeah, but because then the he guy throws a pipe. Away so. his gun for... Oh, yeah, because that guy's crazy. So, actually, that part doesn't bother me at all. I mean, yes, you could just say, well, why didn't you just shoot him? And, and they explain it. You can't just shoot him. We need him to do this job because we can't do it. So we'll have hold him hostage, but we're going to put all these conditions on it. Why does the guy with the gun away? Because the man is literally so crazy. He wants to prove to him. He wants to prove to everyone that he is the better fighter than John Matrix, and he's gonna do it with his bare hands. And, I mean, John Matrix calls him out and says, "Don't you just want to twist the knife?" He's like, "Yes, I. In fact, I do. I'm gonna put this gun down now." <laughs> I mean, in fact, just the previous scene before, he's, he's afraid of John Matrix. He says, "Of course I am. You will not to be." But I will throw away my gun. Well, yeah, because he has okay. to prove he has to Let, prove. Let's that be he's honest. Benedict Benedict hates John Matrix, but wants to fuck him as well. Oh, There's absolutely. A, they they probably hate. Fuck I mean, that vest. You might as well put like I. It's like you know, like, yeah, they, he's wearing almost SMN. It's the same guy from uh, Road yeah, Warrior. If he was in that Warrior. gear, I'd believe it more. Like he should have been wearing the Road Warrior gear for his fight with Matrix. Probably, honestly, that would have been pretty incredible. Um. I mean, they, they, t- I mean, he totally wanted to fuck John Matrix, like hate fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's a very, like I said, it's a very homoerotic final knife fight. I'm going to uh, shoot you in the balls. Yeah. I'll shoot you in the balls in my Australian accent. And then he does a steam pipe. Like, and Arnold is continually ripping things apart that he shouldn't be able to. Like he one hands, <laughs> one hand rips out a car seat. He picks up a phone booth and rips it out of the wall and throws it. Like, this man is superhuman. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if here's the thing. This could have been a Captain America, like, scenario. Yeah, I mean, Captain America, the, mass murderer. <laughs> I mean, he, this is, I mean, Arnold, admittedly, in this movie, he, this is right, is probably one of his most Jack moments, too. So you believe he can do this stuff because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. Oh, and there's so much man candy in this movie. Oh, yeah. There is so much. This, they, they, he, they, the complete. It, the completely gratuitous scene of him rowing the boat. <laughs> like, he didn't need to row the boat in Speedos, is all I'm saying. He could have put oh, pants oh on. Uh, for a minute. Uh, yeah, well, those were also completely gratuitous. They added literally, like, there is literally no reason for those boobs to be in the movie. And it's only for, like, two seconds. So I'm like, why did you bother? Oh, you mean the couple having sex in the room that didn't seem to stop having sex when the gunshots were going through the walls? They didn't seem to give a shit, and honestly, that's fine. <laughs> knows, there's a camera set up, too. Like, they're clearly shooting a porn film. They're clearly shooting a porn film. So what bothered me the most about that was, like, those were the most gratuitous breasts ever, but at the same time, you didn't see them hardly. You saw, like, a glimpse, and then that was it, and it was over. And I was like, well, then what was the point? Like, it's not part of the plot. It's just... We're- in, I, and, and I think it was because all 80s action movies have to have a set of boobs in them, and this is the requisite boobs. Like, this yeah. is the, the required set of boobs, and then they can move on. Which which was – and what's really interesting is there's no romance in this movie. There is zero romance in this movie, and that was good. <laughs> like, that, well, that made the movie I, I will address that too because I have a feeling – I think it was supposed to be in the script, but either Arnold wasn't getting the chemistry with Ray Dontron or, more importantly – they did, uh, just they kept uh, this film has had to have some scenes cut down for it to try to keep this idea he has 11 hours to do all this because that it's the taken scenarios like he has to get this done at the exact amount of time now we should point out that dead body on the plane should have been stinking within like 10 minutes <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. That dude that dude crapped himself <laughs> yeah, just, it was like even if they're right in the back of the plane that those the couple who fell asleep and we thought I, I gotta know how they're able to go to sleep before the plane takes off. 
I, I also want to know how he murders that guy. Just and no one, no one reacts. I was like, oh, these are all the people from any which way you can, because they don't notice shit. <laughs> I mean, it has to be. It has is, to be. This is, is that like... Tom Selleck? Tom Selleck from Runaway is in there. No one cared about anybody in this movie. Like even so. Here's the other thing. So. They clearly show the hat falling off in the plane lands to show the guy with like blood running out his nose and all the crap, right? They clearly show that. But they cut to the outside of the plane where the two thugs are waiting for the guy to get off the plane. And everyone's just getting off and they're chatting and there's no problem. And then all of a sudden a body gets pulled out. Like, that is not how that would have gone. <laughs> no, and the thing about it is, is like they should have noticed that this guy who went to the bathroom as the plane was taking off and <laughs> they just didn't give a sh- I mean, well, uh, to be fair, what are you going to do? Like, uh, well, I guess he's dead. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I, it is Eastern Airlines. I guess, you know, <laughs> this yeah. must be what led to Eastern going out of business. People thought, right, okay, like, eh, body, Eastern Airlines, where you can commit murder. <laughs> I mean, this was clearly the overdose flight. So, <laughs> you know, oh, we got another one. I mean, that's why no one was upset. Again, this is the runaway universe. So no one cared. Um <laughs> Uh, some things I liked, the action sequence where his, his car is disabled, so he pushes it down a mountain, was kind of fun. Um, the sequence where his fight with the guy in the hotel is actually kind of a fun fight. Yeah, again, once again, he and Bill Duke, good friends. He's like, I'm a hardcore, you know, Green Berets. I eat Green Berets for breakfast and I'm hungry. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad, but the best part was like, fuck you, <laughs> click, no, fuck you. <laughs> It's like, and Radon's no like, you. What is this shit? And I was just making a slot snide commentary. I I thought that was the best fight in the movie, honestly. It was it's so completely hilarious. And like he just keeps randomly firing the bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Those bullets are everywhere. They can like fire again. <laughs> but not the couple having sex. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> print it yeah. uh i mean just it, it's whole... got, i mean that has to be one of those motels where it's it's yeah you know, there's coke deals and and hits going on like if you're staying at that motel you know you're not the, you're there for something illegal going on well there was clearly a lot of cocaine in this movie you just didn't see it yeah it's like this you know so arnold i mean coke. this evil dictator guy is supposed to be noriega even though it's like a little early for noriega that's the whole point it's like you know we're trying to say this is evil you know, drug dealing dictator guy. Uh, so this is why he's bad. We need to replace him. You know, it basically predict. You know, clearly George uh, Bush thought this was the the should be the scenario for how we take out uh, Noriega. Clearly, <laughs> kidnap kidnap some murder machine's daughter and like again. So John Wick owes a lot to this movie. John Wick owes so much to this movie. Yes, <laughs> like. It really does. I mean, down to the point where, like, they keep, everyone keeps talking about how great John Matrix is, right? With a, fu- I mean, if they had said with a fucking pencil, I probably would have lost my mind because I would have been like, they stole that from this movie. This this movie, oh, John John uh, Wick owes so much to this movie. It's not even funny. Now, I do think John Wick does it better in a lot of ways, but like. It had the same air of, so you you back to working, John? No, just just one more job. You know, just the last minute job. All right. And everyone just is like, yeah, John Matrix, murderer. Uh, I mean, he, he beats up like 15 cops. He, he's just, and they, he runs they, a bulldozer. The thing is that clearly Matrix never even considered doing the job. He immediately goes off to get his daughter back. 
and that job. And he tells what's-his-face, the kidnap victim, that they just killed her after I did the job not doing the job. Well, I mean, let's be honest. He's probably assumed they probably, there's a very good chance they killed her no matter what. There was no point uh, for him to even know she was alive right. the, moment, the entire time. The, the, the brilliant plan didn't even get past stage one. When no. The daughter is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, I think the idea was they were going to try to say that, you know, Matrix went rogue and that's why the guy, um, you know, got, you know, so they, they were hoping to blame him specifically for this and, and, and as well. But it's like, there's a lot of stuff I think they bothered, they didn't bother to include because who cares? You know, it's like, it's, we want to see Arnold, you know, throw the pipe to the guy, which <clears throat> we should find out how strong is Arnold. He can rip with one arm the pipe off, uh, you know, out of the wall. Throw it through the guy. Oh no, he used both arms for that. That's the con. Also, there's a fun continuity error. Um, when you know how they, he turns the car, like Sully's car, back over. Yeah. And it's all beat up on one side. When the when the car drives off into the distance, you can see that the one side is actually pristine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I, I, I noticed that. He, he does do the uh, Duke's the Hazard way to get in the car. He hops in. It's true. So I will say, uh, there's just so many weird. Like, there are so many weird atheisms in this, but it's it, it is a entirely different kind of '80s movie than First Blood Part Two, which is, I mean, they even have the same scene of the hero with the same exact machine gun mowing down groups of people, right? Like that is the exact same model of machine. In the sun, well, we should want sunshine both times too. Like the sun is shining clearly. There's no like they're not using sheets like tra- it's raining or it's like it's dark. No, no, just flat out. And when guys get uh, when bombs go off, they do the perfect those perfect you know uh, a team flips. Yeah, I mean, this I can't hate this movie. I was never bored. I'll say that this movie. Yes, that's the point. The yes. nice thing about this movie is unlike like. First Blood Part Two. This movie is not boring. Like this movie ramps it up in the first fifteen minutes, and it never slows down, and just keeps getting faster. I also take major issue with the fact that an army surplus store is really <laughs> unlikely to have grenades, claymore mines, yeah. four four rocket a rocket launcher with rockets, Reagan lying around, and also. <laughs> I don't care how many Claymore mines you have. Those buildings do not explode from that many mines. That's just not <laughs> how explosions work. Um, well, if you look closely, you know, the, the guards are literally like, uh, I mean, that's about as mild as you can get. The guards don't even stand and move when the bombs go off. Like it's <laughs> Well, they do. Like, the bomb goes off, and then they jump forward. <laughs> it's really kind of funny. Like, there's a lot of that in this movie where you'll see Arnold turn, vaguely waggle a rifle in the direction of somebody, and then all of a sudden they'll backflip to the ground dead yeah. or something. I mean, it's, it, the, stunt, the stunt work in this is actually kind of fun, yeah, but it's it, very... a lot of stunt work porn. I mean, this is some... It's, well, it's very unrefined stunt work in a lot of places. Like, there's just a lot of kind of not good stunt work. Like, it's not bad, but it's also not good. It's, like, adequate stunt work, I guess. Yeah. It, I, I I just think this movie was be- – honestly, I think this is a dis- – so if, if, if First Blood Part Two is the archetypical 1980s action movie, this is a distillation of 80s action movie. It adds 
a ton of quips. It moves much faster. There's a lot more over-the-top heroics. The stakes keep raising higher and higher and higher, and the scenes get more and more and more ridiculous. It is just the more faster, better version of First Blood Part 2 with much less pathos. Like, there is no question that everybody Arnold kills probably needed to die. Yes. There's no moral ambiguity here. There's no... Now, it does lack, like, Russians... Like it lacks Russians, which is kind of a, a strike against it, but yeah, it's also no mildly Nazis, no Russians, no Nazis, no Russians. It's very refreshing in that respect. But at the same time, I think this is, I mean, these movies came out in the same year. So it's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, this is something I read some of the critic reviews. Several of them all compared to the two and praised this one for not being political. They were like, thank God there's no, no. politics in this. Oh movie. yeah, there's zero politics except for the whole overthrow of government thing. Oh, but see, once again, it's the it's yeah. You know, especially with the the army surplus, it's Reagan '80s. I mean, they of course you would find all that stuff because <laughs> all that surplus left left over from Vietnam. Look, they don't sell. they don't sell rocket launchers to civilians. <laughs> they don't. They never did. There was there was very there was no period in our country's history where you could legally own and purchase a functional rocket launcher. Wait, you're telling me falling down was lying to me? Yes, <laughs> yes, that movie is fucking terrible. <laughs> like I, I used to, I used to think it was a great movie, and then like I watched it again recently, and I was like, God, what is, what happened? Did I change? I think I changed because I well, suddenly that's hate the thing. that movie. Like, if you were repelled by uh, that movie, actually works better if you feel that reaction. That means. You get that he's not—he's a complete psychopath, awful person. Right. Like I—I I think I didn't get it when I first saw it, and, and then, that's the, a lot of people like that. That film, like the director, was very much like, "No, you're not. You're supposed to fear this guy. He is like the worst person alive." And this film—it's uh, kind of hilarious because he's John Matrix is essentially supposed to be like an American James Bond scenario. It's like it's like True Lies, but even more. No, no, this is not an American James Bond scenario. There's no suaveness here. There is no way exactly. that John That's Matrix right. could possibly ever walk into a ritzy party and like bluff his way into a compound. Uh, as a historian, but see, that's that's what they're thinking. That's the way that he's like written. He's got the the Bond quips. He's got the ability to kill anybody, pretty much, you know, with multiple different ways. It's like they gave him all of Bond's skills without Bond's, you know, sophistication. No, the thing is, Bond gets beaten up all the time. Like Bond ultimately wins the day, but he often gets the shit kicked out of him. That's true. I would never believe for a second that Arnold will take anything more than a superficial wound in this movie, and I was one hundred percent correct. <laughs> no matter how many bullets flew at him. He's just standing in the middle of an open field, and there's 30 guys all firing at full auto at him, and somehow they all miss, and all his bullets magically find their targets. Yeah, he's, it is egre- It is almost as egregious. And I will say Rambo First Blood Part Two is worse about this, but this one is right up there with it. Yeah, I mean, and that's the point. That's why I wanted to compare these two, because it's like, I mean, both these two guys, Stallone and Schwarzenegger, are, are your definitive 80s action stars. Well... First Blood Part 2 made a shit ton more money than this one did. Even if you just do a budget comparison, like, First Blood Part 2 made about eight times its budget. This made about six times its budget. Both still did wildly good, but First Blood Part 2 was a legitimate phenomenon. And Commando is not. And I think that that's almost a shame because this this is a more refined version of the 80s action movie trope. Now, we should point out that this film is like one of the most overrun on television 
like of all time. I remember in the any time a year you could find it like once a week on some station. It just got ran all the time. It's like okay, we need to run an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Well, here let's. I mean, you wouldn't see Terminator much. You wouldn't see. Uh, you know, you wouldn't see Predator that much. You would see Commando. Commando was always the one they would run the most. Well, it's because you could edit Commando a lot easier. Like, yeah. all and the that's... really gory scenes, you can kind of just skip, and you don't lose it. Like, you can cut the boobs out. You can cut. You can skip the 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 close up of the impalement, and everything else is sort of vaguely like. There's a couple of scenes where it's bloody, but you could just easily yeah. cut them out. Oh, yeah. Or, or... it's pretty mild. It's like it's. You know, you can keep all of Benedict's crazy, you know, uh, obsession with you know, uh, Matrix in, and that's still okay. It's and the thing it's, is, it's so cartoony that like the yes. violence isn't doesn't feel real. Oh yeah, like, and cartoon, at all. Yes. Like I don't believe cartoons were compared to this a lot in all, a lot of the reviews. So, like this is very pro wrestling. This is very com- you know comic books superhero thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's very over the top. It's very larger than life. It's just, yeah. I honestly think this is a better film than First Blood Part Two. Now. Is it a good movie? <laughs> well, I guess we should get on with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's. Uh, by the way, John, what uh, what was your take? I meant to ask. Did you guys either? You guys see this in theaters, or was this? I mean, I, I think no. Will and I are probably too young to see the theaters. But did you see it in, in, uh, at all, John? Or, or no, my, like, my dad was not really a big Arnold fan. The first, the first Arnold I probably saw was the movie um, was the game show. Oh, okay, the Running Man. Barker, running Man with Bob Barker is. No, I no, honestly kind of love that movie. <laughs> yeah. No, one Bob Barker. It was a uh, Family Feud guy, uh, Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson. You're yeah, right. it was Richard. Yeah. It, no, family, Bob Barker was Family Feud. Richard Dawson was the Monty Hall guy. No, no, no. Richard. No, no. no. Uh, Bob Barker was Price is Right. Richard Dawson was Family Feud. Oh, okay. Monty Hall yeah. was. Uh, uh, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. Sorry. We. We. I. I Whenever we get some of that stuff wrong, we will get comments. I know for the fact. Yeah, you're right. We will. I mean, and please send all emails to uh, Chunky Lover sixty nine at underscore at aol dot com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. There you go. Yeah, um, make sure to head. Make sure the headlines. Uh, d- uh Benix balls as the yeah, poor, poor Ben. Oh man, it just like yeah. Just Benedict, movie, by the way, I want Benedict's. If I could buy anything from the movie, I want Benedict's uh, uh, ridiculous chainmail vest. Because why does he have a chainmail vest? So I will say that I, um, I was. I actually called a three point chain at one point. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, 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 I almost got Adam Miller on this so we could, uh, I could get him to try to figure out what the armor point value for that. I is. mean, that's clearly a, a chain shirt. That's the, the, the chain. Benedict is clearly a bard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think what, what's really, so I will have to give it to Vernon Wells, as 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 he definitely plays the role that is desired of him perfectly, where. Every, whereas John Matrix is the stoic, quippy one-liner action movie hero, Vernon Wells is the exact opposite. He's not stable. He's not stoic. He's very angry, and he never quips. He never quips. You notice he makes no funny lines at all. No, the one at the end, like <laughs> I'm gonna kill you in the ball. Kill you in the balls, and that was the. And that's not that's not really a quip. That's just a statement that kind of is kind of it's kind of dumb. So. <laughs> It takes off his protective shield. Like once he makes a dumb comment, his, his uh, shield goes down. <laughs> Basically, his plot armor evaporates <laughs> when he makes a stupid comment. Um, <sighs> and he doesn't. I mean, like he's the only one. Like I need to kill Jenny. Is oh Jenny got away? Why don't you keep chasing after? <laughs> I will say this: I was not bored while watching this. Like no. 
a lot of these 90 minute movies we've been watching have been just they drag oh, yeah. this we never drug watch. this was a lightning fast movie that just went from beat to beat to beat to beat and it did not feel like a 90 minute movie it felt no. like a 60 minute movie <laughs> yeah. they put a director's cut which was three minutes longer out a couple a few years ago oh three minutes longer that's <laughs> hilarious <laughs> and it's basically just like a couple of like extra extended bits of the fights so like all they did was like okay well this fight will you know we got a little bit extra footage I mean, and that's and ninety minutes. We, you know, that was a glory time for action films. You got them in and under, you know, ninety minutes because they wanted to get as many screenings as possible. Because let's point out, back then you might have had been lucky you had four screens at your theater. Back then, you know, nowadays when you have you know multiplexes of like eighteen screens, it's easy to do like a two and a half hour film because you can run it at like five different times and five different screens a day. You know, this was, uh, you know, that is something that a lot of people don't seem to understand why movies keep getting longer and longer because there's more screens to run them. You know, Wakanda Forever will make a lot more money because it's, it's almost three hours long. And guess what? It, it, they can play it in multiple screens for days and days and days. They can. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. I don't know when yeah. I'm going to see the movie, but I look forward to it. Yeah. But I guess we should move into final thoughts. Yeah, uh, let's go ahead and first do our... Uh, is this a good movie, a bad movie, or a nerdy movie? Uh, John, you go first. I, I would give it nerdy if there's, we can get some sort of... This was the first time Arnold Schwarzenegger did quips and wonders. But short it's not nerdy, so I'm going to say bad. Okay, you're going bad. All right, uh, Will, where are you going? I, I actually disagree with John here. Um, I do think this is the first instance of Arnold quipping. This is not the first instance of a hero quipping, obviously. But I think this is the first time Arnold really, like, he had a line or two in previous movies, but in this one, he just, it's completely egregious. However, as goofy and weird and odd and dumb as this movie is, I did enjoy myself. I enjoyed watching it. I was smiling half the time. Because it was, you know, it, it was so over the top, it was entertainingly funny. Like, is it good? From a movie production standpoint, no, it's not. <laughs> the acting is kind of meh. The, 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 the action is just both over the top and kind of amateurish in a lot of ways. But I was thoroughly entertained. So I think this is a watch. I think I'm going to call this one good. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the uh, it's between nerdy and good for me, uh, but so I think I'm going to actually lean in more toward good in this particular case because this is really a entertaining, but it's got ridiculous stuff in it. When we can go, I mean, the point is we're actually being fair kind to this movie and some of this stuff. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, he's got the most ridiculous quips, but they're actually perfectly designed for the scene too. Just like I said. Bennett let off some steam, right? He's here. I mean, well, that that one is probably the worst quip in the whole yeah, movie because it's kind of dumb. But at the, like, like the others are none of them are any better than that. But they're better timed. Like, yeah, that like, one just seemed like a throw it in that kind of sucked. It felt yeah, like Arnold ad libbed that one and they just left it in. Yeah, I mean, he throws it through. Uh, had to be not because they, <laughs> they had that set the band that he hit him, he impaled him, and the steam, uh, the steam tank at the same so time. Dumb. But I, I, again, I was smiling the whole time because it's so stupid. Yeah, I mean, you know, my favorite is, though, when he's, he's holding Sully by one arm over that cliff. He goes, Sully, remember when I told you I'd kill you last? 
Yeah, you told me. That's why you got to see me alive. I lied. <laughs> Just drops it. And we don't see Sully. All we didn't know is, uh, he goes, what happened to Sully? I let him go. Yeah, I mean that that's just a perfect line. Um, but uh, again, is it a, is it good from any kind of cinematic it's standpoint? It's entertaining. This no, is what but I, call I was it. thoroughly entertained. Yeah, it's this is good in the entertaining factor. So I mean, I laughed out loud at several parts of this yeah. movie. I probably wasn't supposed to laugh out loud, but I certainly did and I had a great time watching Honestly, it. Honestly, I think Arnold realized this pretty quickly. This should be this is more of a comedy than a, a serious action moment. I think that's why he kind of figured out a lot of his films have are either dead serious, like let's be honest, Predator, which comes out you know two years later, there's some funny bits in it, but it's a pretty dark, serious you know action science fiction film. This one, he's just like, let's just go flat out, you know, comedy. You know, this character, I mean, this is a ridiculous film. Let's not take this serious. And I think I apply them once again. They kept it under not a ninety minute tight film. You can remember most of these guys he kills because they're one, they're cast with a lot of that guys, but also, you know, they each get their own individual fight. You know, it's the boss battle scenario. Like, you know, I mean, streets, uh, there's quite a few video games that clearly borrowed this plot line. And a few, uh, a lot of movies later on would borrow this plot line. This I mean, the plot of, line is razor fucking thin. Like, that no one is, characters are established as, at, at best, they're, they're stereotypes. Like, yeah. Most of them don't even get that treatment. Most of them are cardboard cutout characters. and But it doesn't matter because, again, the pacing is good. The story is tight for what it is. It's not a good story, but it's a tightly, it's a tightly packed story. And again, I was entertained. That's really the best I can say yeah. about this movie. I think, we'll, I think we'll go ahead and declare this a, a, a good film for what it is. I mean, <laughs> but I think that's the key. What? <laughs> I think John objects. <laughs> Overruled. Your dissent has been noted. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, you you could uh, take this up with the Supreme Court later. <laughs> oh, no. uh, but no, I mean, uh, so yeah, I think this is one of those films. Though, uh, you know, for just for what it is, there's so much that you can talk about, and for me, that's what I, I mean. It's it's on that verge of nerdy as well because of how ridiculous it is. But I think because they try not to add too much into this, it kind of, it gets a little special. Like, congratulations, you uh, succeeded in the object. You know, as Bruce would say, what was their objective to tell an entertaining, crazy action movie? They succeeded. So uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, go with that, uh, folks. If you enjoyed this podcast, please look us up on our Facebook group, Fans Good Bad Nerdy Movie Podcast. Also on Twitter, Good Bad Nerdy Movie Pod. Uh, we've been getting a lot more uh, new listeners lately. Like we've had some crazy uh you know like spikes and downloads and listens and, and reviews lately so thank you all for checking us out and if you haven't please give us a review on itunes or or whatever platform you're using you know at this point i think we're on like 15 different uh platforms according to anchors data so thanks for uh checking us out especially you guys who listen to us on spotify because they love telling me that we're getting listened to on spotify uh guys have any final thoughts i'll be back <laughs> no, uh, I do not have final thoughts. I have expressed my opinion appropriately. All right, all right. Well, folks, thanks for listening. And please, 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 just never take off that vest. I let them go. <laughs> yeah, you know, better, better, uh, less learnless. Listen, just don't try to piss off John Matrix. All right, right thanks everybody. for listening, folks.